splinter of our horror content. You see what I did there? Richard III, Shakespeare. Welcome back to the <laughs> Horror and Happy New Year. We hope you had a lovely Christmas and welcome to 2023, where we were promised flying cars and jetpacks, but you'll have to settle for this cast and maybe a piece of pizza or two to show our appreciation. The new year brings a new system of picking movies. That's right. A McDonald's Halloween bucket with folded pieces of paper in it. After each episode, we're going to draw the next movie so you can watch along with us uh, so we don't spoil things for you. Um, and as usual, each episode does have spoilers, so you've been warned. Um, this week's movie and the very first movie of 2023 is going to be the Vincent Price classic from 1973, Theater of Blood. This was TJ's pick. Uh, he's the classy one of the bunch, so he's where we're going to begin. All right, so I know a lot about a lot of Vincent Price movies, and this is probably the third time I've watched this movie before. Uh, I don't know a whole lot of the history, but I'll tell you what, what I do know and kind of place this in Vincent Price's career. So Vincent Price had a very legitimate Hollywood career. He started out making dramas making film noir detective stories. He's in one of my favorite film noirs from the 1940s called Laura, which is a great film. Um, Somewhere around the, the 50s, uh, you know, he, he had a, uh, a big role in the uh, Charlton Heston, uh, the big epic where he plays Moses, uh, Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. Yeah, Ten Commandments. I think he plays like an Egyptian... Uh, one of the Egyptian higher up people. Anyway, something happened that just took like a hard right turn somewhere around the latter part of the 50s where he started dabbling in like really schlocky horror films, uh, particularly uh, connecting with uh, two people, William Castle and uh, the king of the drive-in. Um Roger Corman. Uh, Roger Corman, all of Roger Corman's best things he actually directed were Vincent Price films. And most of them were based on Edgar Allan Poe stories. That's kind of what put Roger Corman as a director on the map, uh, with the exception of Little Shop of Horrors, which is actually what first got him recognition. Uh, but all of his best reviews reviewed films that he directed were like Follow the House of Usher, The Pit and the Pendulum, all early 1960s Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. Now, when I say adaptation, very loose. I mean, most of these Edgar Allan, being a former English literature teacher who taught Edgar Allan Poe in the Romantic period, most of these short stories are just a few pages long. Some are just like a, a page or two. And they're really extrapolating. It's, it's based in the spirit of the story. For instance, The Raven. Absolutely nothing to do with The Raven. And it's like an hour and a half movie with Peter Lorre dressed up like a bird. He's a bird man for the whole thing. It's, it's crazy. But uh, so... Somewhere, and you can kind of pinpoint the the different eras of Vincent Price's career. So it really kind of started with House on Haunted Hill in the late 50s. I believe that was 59, which is when he really started making this hard shift into horror and 
particularly B horror for the most part. Uh, and that was a William Castle deal. That was the deal where they actually uh, bring the skeleton on the wires over the audience's head because William Castle was all about having in-theater experiences to shock audiences and scare them running out. All the gimmicks. He was the gimmick guy. Vincent Price also did famously The Tingler with William, William Castle, uh, where they actually hid shockers in the chairs uh, just randomly in each theater uh, uh, because the tingler is supposed to shock you right before you die. And it's shocking. Uh, half those chairs didn't work and ended up almost causing fires and things. <laughs> so, yeah. The gimmick, the, the era of the gimmick was short lived, but William Castle was the king of the gimmick and all his best gimmick films were Vincent Price films as well. Uh so most of the 60s was doing a lot of Edgar Allan Poe, actually doing some Shakespearean uh, type adaptations. Uh, then he does Witchfinder General. Uh, that was about 68, 69. It's a classic. Uh, it's also called The Conqueror Worm, I think, in, in the UK and, and some other regions. It's uh, actually my favorite Vincent Price movie. And what's funny is when we do these, I try to wear something that corresponds with everything. Oh yeah, any horror shirts? I'm like, I don't have anything with Vincent Price on it. I'll be damned. I have a Witchfinder General shirt in the closet. And I forgot about it, but that's you probably did? my favorite. With him yeah, in it. it's a good one. It's it's unlike any other film he did, and he's kind of like just you know, just a bastard <laughs> in there. Yeah, I mean, you're burning and torturing women and stuff. I mean, he's he's a Witchfinder back in in the old days. Uh, everything he did after that was was very different the 70s for vincent price was a fun era like right after that he follows up with the abominable abominable dr fibes and the sequel to that and this is kind of the spiritual sequel to the dr fibes mythology because it's basically the exact same plot only his face ain't jacked up uh so this is kind of like a lot of people consider this the third and the trilogy of the the Doctor Fives, because all those films were basically a guy who's who's been wronged and he's killing people in interesting ways. He uses the seven plagues of the Bible. This guy is a uh, 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 an actor in the theater who who famously did bad interpretations of Shakespeare. And so he's taking out all of his critics who who he felt wronged him over the years uh, by reenacting deadly scenes from all of his most famous and most worst reviewed uh, Shakespeare play adaptations. Uh, so it's it's very much got similar DNA and it comes right on the backs of the abominable dr fives i think was in 70 the sequel was 71 72 i think 72 this is 73 so still very much that was what was just in theaters and what people were were tuning in to vincent price for so i will say go moving into kind of more of more of some of the the thoughts and things uh I liked this movie the first two times I watched it. I remember liking it uh, for an early seventies film. It's almost like a, you know, it's like 
an early type slasher type thing, but but with gimmicky deaths and stuff. So it's almost like a little Freddy Jason-y type thing, but with Vincent Price, which is kind of weird. Uh, I don't remember it feeling as long as it did when I watched it this last time, though. I It's an hour and 44 minutes, which is long for any Vincent Price B-movie. I mean, 90, 80 to 90 minutes is like sweet spot, which I think if this were, it, it would, it would feel, I don't know. I think it would, I think it would just work a little bit better if they cut, if they cut down, take two of the, the less interesting kills out, you know, kill five people instead of seven people or whatever it is, make it an 85 minute movie. I, I think it would feel different going down now than it probably did in the 70s when people were used to 100, 105, 110-minute movies more so. Uh, that was one of my biggest knocks on it because, you know, an hour 44 or whatever it was really isn't that long. But for whatever reason, that movie is it, just drug for me. And I, I don't know why, but yeah, it did. And you're right about how it felt. It, it was very giallo to me and like very argento like it felt along those lines as i was watching it um which that was happening in italy i mean bird with the crystal plumage was 70 i i think this was probably had some influence of of those early giallo days too yeah mario bava all that had to a little bit yeah yeah and yeah with with that said like it was a little too long, um, but there are several reasons to watch this movie. Um, first off, Vincent Price. He's fantastic in everything he does. Um, secondly, Vincent Price doing Shakespeare. It's kind of like Willem Dafoe today. We would watch him on YouTube doing Shakespeare all day long because he's just so good. And, and Vincent Price, same way. Uh, thirdly, Vincent Price at one point with a Bob Ross afro w- was fantastic. Um, and then, uh, another reason why it's just so we can live through him as he kills all his critics, which is totally something we wouldn't do if we had the opportunity, you know, to squash our enemies. Um, but with it being that long and that being my biggest complaint, I enjoyed the movie for the most part. This was my first time seeing it. And I think it was probably Kellen's John. I'm not sure about you, but no. I, I love Vincent Price, so it's hard for me to knock anything where Vincent Price is the centerpiece. Um, <laughs> it made me laugh because his kills weren't necessarily elaborate, but he had tons of costume changes and makeup and wigs. Like the kills themselves weren't that elaborate, but him setting everything up was insanely elaborate. Um, it really shows you what a psychopath he was in this yeah, movie. Because he was playing the role. He was getting into the character of the role of that person. He was, you know, disguised to get close enough to kill them. Mm-hmm. Like even, even the first scene, uh, like the kill. First of all, if you haven't seen the movie, I don't know if it really says it in the film but the description you read is with the, uh, he, he joins up with this coked out gang and they're the ones that help him take out these people. It's critics, including the one guy, I don't think he ever speaks. Like he's always with them. He's kind of got long hair. He's got a mustache, always wears sunglasses, like the coolest dude. 
like 70s engulfed in this man. Um, that makes it a little funny to me. Like, you know what? I'm going to get revenge and I need help. You guys Wasn't that his daughter? That was Let's his do. daughter. That was his daughter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that Did, first could y'all tell that that was a girl? Because when I first watched this, like the first two times, that surprised me both times. <laughs> I was not looking for any kind of twist or anything. I felt like yeah. it was going to be straightforward. So when that was revealed, I, I was kind of shocked. Not like, oh my God, but I was just like, oh wow, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Like, it, it sets you up from the beginning. We see this death by crackhead gang. Um, and Vincent Price is there the whole time, but we don't realize it, but he's in cosplay as a, a Bobby, like a, you know, an English cop just sitting there watching and like, help me like, wait a minute, twist. I'm the guy behind it all. <laughs> That's you up right from the beginning. It was very, I feel like it was almost ahead of his time with some of the kills. Like TJ, you've seen more, like I'm more of a newer horror guy. Like that's just how I am. Seventies forward aren't my wheelhouse, but to me and what I've seen in that, those time frames, that was very, trend setting as far as the killing and everything. Yeah, I think and if you look on IMDb uh I mean this film has like a 7.1 on IMDb with some decent ratings. It's this film's held in decent regard but it's it's not never talked about as being like one of the classic Vincent Price films or a classic 70s film. It's just like this weird outlier. But I think I think it's more appreciated by fans today probably than it was in when it first come out. I don't know that it was poorly received at all, but I feel like it was more clever than it had any right to be and had better acting, uh, a great Vincent Price portrayal. But you're right. Some of the things they were trying to do was more clever than the movie that they were making. Yeah. I um when I was doing a little research on it, <clears throat> I saw that they're actually remaking it. Did oh really? Huh. So, I it, it, yeah, it's I suppose it's going to be called Speakeasy of Blood, uh, and all the kills are recreations of popular TikTok trends. That's a joke. Hopefully, uh, I was about to I, say I, <laughs> I would not be surprised. I mean, they just remake ice bucket challenge and it's freezing water and my head freezes and they smash it. You know something. Like that. <laughs> That's a YouTube Red original. <laughs> <laughs> John, what'd you think about it? Um, the first five minutes, I was sort of, I mean, it's very slow. It's very British. So it's not that I hate those things. It's just, I, I was not really in the necessarily in the mind frame to really dig into that at first. And it kind of won me over as time went on. I mean, it's, I, I think outside of the kills in the movie, it's not necessarily a remarkable film, but it, it does have a lot of quirkiness and charm to it. Um, I love the character with the dogs, the chubbier guy. Uh, what was he? Meredith Meridu. He was really funny, that guy. I don't know why. I just thought he was very quirky. Um, something I did notice, though, uh, an interesting fact Um the guy, so this is spoilers, obviously. I'm just assuming whoever's seen this is watching this, listening to this, seeing the movie. The character you were talking about that was the uh, the long-haired guy that's with him that turns out to be the daughter. So that is actually, her name is Diana Rigg. 
And she was actually the old lady in Last Night in Soho who rents the room. Oh, who, wow. no, And spoiler, Last Night in Soho, there's a twist to that, too, at the end of the movie. So when I was looking at her, I, I was thinking, I was like, where do I know this lady from? And I was like, oh, yeah, she was in Last Night in Soho. She's just a lot older now, of course. Um, but wow. I, I did I did think it was a really um, it was an interesting movie with the kills. Um, it was it like I said, it was just kind of slow and it's it's one of those movies that you can't I feel like you can't watch it if you're tired. You have to be like very much awake and energized. You sort of have to be with it to watch the film because it, it could it could easily be one of those movies that you put on. And you sort of just sort of phase out and don't really pay as much attention to. Uh, yeah. Vincent Price movies are like that sometimes, though. He is such a terrific actor, but I just think a lot of his material and the films he's made, they're they're extremely well done, classic films, but they also are the kind of films to where you just you have to be in the right mindset and mood. And maybe this is just coming from a millennial's point of view, someone who didn't grow up with vincent price and peter cushing so i kind of see it differently i guess maybe you guys disagree with that viewpoint but um I, I did like the movie i just thought it was slow much like what you guys were talking about yeah and there's nothing wrong with being british because we have two countries listening to us right now my name is great britain so nice shout out to the couple uh, people in great britain <laughs> definitely yeah, i think they're members in the church um, i'm pretty pretty certain awesome but, um, Kellen? So I was I was sitting here listening. So what John said is scary accurate because I actually text Jay. I fell asleep the first time watching it. And not it's a bad movie, but I was tired going into it. And the dialogue is so dry because most of it is pulled from Shakespeare. So a lot of the the text is is hard to comprehend because it's not language or verbiage that we use today. Um, so, you know, I'm sitting here watching it and I, I did kind of phase out because I was tired and it was between kills, which again, I know it's been said, but the kills are actually really good for the movie that it was. If you break each one down, each one of those was unique and, and fun to watch considering that it wasn't super gory. I mean, they, they were violent the deaths, but it's not, you know, in your face, like a lot of the current movies. So it's more of, you know, the thought of how that person died, as opposed to seeing them getting, you know, mutilated or stabbed to death. You know, the guy in the beginning that gets stabbed to death, the plastic is there so you can see through it as they're attacking him, but you're not actually seeing knives enter his body. Um, the beheading, which was my favorite of all of them, mm -hmm. just because that's the kill that shows he's really, He's really committed to, like you said, this is his role now. He's really committed to that because he put so much thought into that process to bring something to make sure that they both stay to sleep. The bucket to drain the blood, the, the beheading, the making sure everything was, you know, staged in such a way that he would get the response that he wanted. Um, so as far as the, the horror aspect of the movie, I thought it was really good. My problem was that the movie felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. Like 
they decided they wanted it to be a drama, a horror film, and a comedy with action thrown in. Like it, it's like they didn't settle on one thing. So to fill an hour and forty-four minutes, they settled on everything. So it becomes distracting because you you know you with suspense movies, you know, once the suspense starts, you want to, you want to stay in that frame of mind for the movie and it throws you off when it changes gears and then changes to a different gear. And then, so it's hard to settle into this film just because it is everywhere. Um, spoiler for me, for y'all, this is the first Vincent Price movie I've watched. That was Vincent Price as the star. Oh, wow. So I don't consider, I don't consider Edward Scissorhands, um, a yeah. Vincent Price movie because he's only in it for the first five minutes. Um, so it, I mean, it's it's a fun, it's a fun introduction into Vincent Price just because it does show his acting ability because he's acting, acting, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like he's an actor acting, yeah, as an actor acting. <laughs> it's very Inception-y meta. Yeah, 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 Definitely. very much so. Um, but there's just there's parts of the movie that really work um the campiness of it i mean i don't know yeah. that campy movies were really a thing but this movie's very campy um i mean like you said him dressed like the afro and playing the the hipster dude before he kills the guy's wife um him you know being over the top dramatic in certain scenes and just the interactions with him when he goes in to take his award back and how overly dramatic he is during that scene, um, which I don't, which I credit Vincent Price for being able to, because his whole character is about being an actor who overacts and is just, you know, too over the top to be enjoyable. And so he plays that character so well. Um, so yeah, that, I, I enjoyed the film. I, I do agree with what everyone said. It's it's just a little too long. Take twenty mm-hmm. minutes off of that movie, and it's an enjoyable watch. Cut some of the dialogue down so that it's not so dialogue heavy. Um, that works for certain movies like Horror of Dracula. Right. The dialogue really drives that movie. Um, it's enthralling because you know it's building up to something. All of the dialogue in this is building up to each individual murder. Um, so I think that that kind of takes away from the enjoyment is you're, you're just not yeah. on the edge of your seat in a good way. You're on the edge of your seat. Like, okay, let's go, go let's go. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's get to the next part. We, we don't Kill need somebody, all this backstory. Please. Yeah. yeah. Let's come yeah. On. Um, but I mean, it's not a bad movie. That's the thing is, is for all of its flaws, you know, it's not something I'm probably going to watch again anytime soon. It might maybe something that I like, see on TV and just, you know, sit through a couple of scenes just to kind of relive some of the better parts. But it's not one of those movies where when I walked away, I was like, "Ugh, that was a waste of an hour and 44 minutes. It was more of just like, that was close to being good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, when like, you're not going out and saying, Hey, Jay, you got to go see this movie. And you're also not saying, Jay, don't ever watch this movie. Like, exactly. Exactly. Really well. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the overacting. One of my, my besides the Afro, my my second favorite part is the video that I cut and sent you, where uh, the guy's gonna murder his wife. And he's like, <laughs> stop, stop. It's like I think someone's like whatever accent. He's like, I think so and so's murdering his wife. And the cop was like, yeah. okay. And then you like turn slowly and walk like that cup. Yeah, it has moments that, that are endearing for that film. It, it has yeah. moments where you're like, you know, 
this is great. Like, I, I'm like, honestly, there's enough moments in it to pull you through that hour and 44 minutes. But as a whole, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> they did too much with what they had when if they would have just condensed it, it probably would be more, con- more considered more of a classic Vincent Price movie than it is. Yeah, I think they either had too many critics to kill or they just had too much space in between the kills. And one, he didn't and, and of all the critics he didn't kill, the one that was left was the one I wanted to die the most. He was yeah. the most snobbish, most arrogant, rudest of all of yeah. the critics with the most amazing death pending. Oh, like yeah, that yeah. whole setup was incredibly, oh, yeah. incredibly terrifying and suspenseful. That whole mm-hmm. scene and everything happening the way it was happening and the whole, you know, climax of the movie revolving around that was yeah. just built to be epic. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> So fun fact, that was actually a condemned theater that had been condemned for like 20 years and they were going to tear it down like the next month or two later. So they actually set fire to a good portion of it. Wow. Wow. Imagine how tiresome it would be if, if he did that in today's world with Rotten Tomatoes and the internet having to go all the credit. He was so tired. That would be like such a long movie. But the thing is, is I also feel like that movie has enough clips that if it was done today, it it would be memed to death because there's so many, like you said, I think he's killing his wife and, you know, all the little, little things. And there would be so many sound bites pulled from it. You know, it wouldn't have been reviewed well, but it would have been one of those movies that got memed until it was, you know, everyone knew what it was. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I got distracted by the thumbs up just appeared on your screen. You the theater that, like, an emoji popped. That was very strange. Yeah. So you said really? your favorite heading. Yeah, I saw that. When TJ, what was your favorite kill of the flick? Uh, I think my favorite kill was the uh, the uh, the head in the bed. Yeah. Uh, John. Probably. The um probably to kill the first one with the vagrants kind of killing him against the plastic screen. Um, I just thought that was kind of an interesting, interesting one. So I, one thing I did notice about the theater, the theater definitely reminded me. I mean, it was a dilapidated old theater, but it, it I kept thinking of Escape from New York when they were in the theater, like it looked like the theater in Escape from New York when <laughs> snakes like going down passageways is had that similar never color. seen it uh, don't stop oh man uh, what? Moving on. i uh before we get into condemning him mine was actually the first <laughs> one, just the beginning just because like i said it right out the gate he's like i'm gonna dress up as people i'm gonna help my hobo army is gonna help me kill people so that was like the most memorable yeah. one to me uh yeah kellen hasn't seen a lot of movies so i will say i will say the guy getting drug, dragged behind the horse the horse was that was a, a pretty one. epic scene for it because they yeah. actually show the body and there's there's gravel in his face. Um, oh, so yeah. whoever did the special effects on that <laughs> did a pretty decent job making him yeah. look like he had been dragged by this one. Yeah. Listen, like yeah. definitely ahead of its time to a degree on on some of those kills for sure. Um, I guess overall, uh, out of five, and granted, there's movies that I like, but if you take a certain aspect away from it, it changes it for me. Hold on, this hold is on. before you give your review. One final thought. 
The yep. most British scene in that entire movie, the most British scene is the guy in the trunk when he dies. Because it's so out of when he, they're listening to him on the radio and they can hear the train and then they hear the <laughs> and then the guy's face is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. I'm sorry. But before we get into reviews, though, I will just one final thought is it's very clear. And Kellen touched on this with the campiness of of how how Vincent Price was acting as an overacting bad actor. He was really just hamming up kind of his image at that point in time. He'd already played Egghead in the Batman TV show. He played Abominable Dr. Fives. He's He was starting into his campy 70s phase. And so he was just kind of like uh, parroting himself and what his image was at that point in time with this film, which is one of the things that kind of makes it endearing to me. Well, it's what makes Vincent Price so great to everybody is because he wasn't afraid to make fun of himself. I mean, he was a great actor who wasn't afraid to be the punchline of his own joke. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Since the guy who's only seen one Vincent Price movie, I've seen enough clips and know <laughs> enough about him. You don't. <laughs> I've only seen. I've only I, seen one. I've never seen a John Wayne movie except what? for um, well, except for just, the Man I'll, Who Shot Liberty Valance, and I don't consider that a John Wayne western. Mm, so I'll continue need, to disappoint you as long as we do this. You, podcast. Oh, you need to. Say, <laughs> you need to at the very least watch The Searchers. That's like. I I think the best John Wayne movie, but. I will say my favorite quote in the movie. One thing I did notice when they were, when there was that towards the end when they were starting to really panic and figured out there was a pattern. Um, the guy who ends up killing his wife, he says, um, "What about our families? What about my wretched wife?" I don't know why, but he said that. I was like, that just that's automatically like okay, it's kind of a comedy, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. So like I was saying, like. If you take Vincent Price away, it's less enjoyable, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but with him in it, I give it a solid three out of five. Um, Vincent Price Afros, three out of five. Because, um, again, it was enjoyable, just a little bit long. But the acting and the costumes were worth the watch to me. Uh, so I would give it a solid three. TJ? Well, before I get my rating, I will say... This is one of the Vincent Price films that I'm the least familiar with. Like, I there's some Vincent Price films I've seen like 20 times or more. And I intentionally didn't choose any of those because I wanted one that I could kind of revisit and not already know. I hadn't seen this in probably 10 years, and I've only seen it like three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew it was still in the realm of being good and kind of an outlier in his career. All that being said, Revisiting it this last time, it did drag more than what I remembered it. And I think for all the reasons that we've we've said, um, I'm still going to give it a 3.5, though, because in in his career, I've I've seen everything that's considered a horror film of Vincent Price. And in his career, this is kind of like a pivotal moment. And uh, just for what it means to him. But uh, just like Jay said, though, without Vincent Price, this is like a 2.5 movie. All right, John. You actually just gave my rating. Uh, I I do like it. I don't hate the movie. 
I, I think there was a lot of good positive things about it, but overall 2.5 out of five, it's, it's passable, but if you take the kills out of it, it's just kind of a, of a, a slower, boring, uh, film. So yeah, 2.5 out of five. What, how many did you say? 2.5 out of five. Uh, TJ, you said 3.5, right? Yeah. And you oh. said three. So we're right. at an yep. average of three right now. <laughs> And we're going to stay at that average of three because I, I give it a three out of five. Um, and yeah, I think, honestly, I think without, without Vincent Price um, and putting into perspective the time that it was and how, I mean, 473, pretty epic kills. Mm-hmm. I think it could be as low as a one because it's not the, the, the movie as a whole is not would not be a good film if you if it was trying to just be a comedy if it was trying to just be a dramedy um, would not it would have been just something you watch to put you to sleep. <laughs> I yeah. think if it was shorter, it could have possibly been a four. If it was like you said that sweet eighty five minute mark, that sweet spot, I think it could have possibly been a four. But it's the the length of it is what detracts from the movie. Um, Vincent Price was great. The kills were great. Um, it's just the pacing. The pacing was what did this movie in. So, but I think I think overall I did enjoy watching it. Um, so three, three. Sorry. Right, so, Theater of Blood, three out of five. Vincent Price after us. Um, so, all right. That's going to wrap it up for our first episode of the new year. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, and wherever you're currently listening to us, just go ahead and subscribe there. Um, and before we go, one last thing to do, and that's to pick our next movie. Nice. So let me get our exclusive Horror Sanctum bucket. Let's dig in here. Oh, I'm going to figure this out. Witch finder, witch finder, find me a witch. All right. Our next movie is something I was hoping for a little bit more recent because we've kind of been out on it. I can't remember whose this was. I feel like maybe it was mine or John's. But our next movie will be uh, Behind the Mask. Is it The Rise and Fall of Wesley? Wesley Vernon. Yes. That's a good uh, movie. Great film. Awesome. Um, so that's going to be next in uh, two weeks. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. And as always, I'm Jay with John, Kellen, TJ. And until next time, keep it spooky. <laughs>